SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much to Nastasia. They're back again tomorrow. The Money Web team are. I'm Brad Brown with you for half an hour. We're chatting all things sport this evening and lots to get through. It's a busy, busy time. We'll be joined by former pro team Fenekon Gum uh, to preview the upcoming one-day international series between South Africa and India. We'll also head to the PSL offices uh, to find out who's in the queue, so to speak, with uh, the transfer window closing tonight. We'll hear from the South African netball team and uh, the Warriors as well following their win in the Momentum One-Day Cup semi-final yesterday. But let's start with news of the day, Zimbabwean international Tendai Ndoro has been cleared to continue playing in the PSL with Ajax Cape Town. Been questions raised over Ndoro's eligibility for the Urban Warriors following revelations that he may have contravened a FIFA rule that disallows players from playing at uh, three clubs in one season. Ndoro had played one game for Orlando Pirates earlier this season before moving to Al Fasili in Saudi Arabia before his return to South Africa to join Ajax. But after an emergency hearing of the PSL's DRC this week, Ndoro has been cleared to play. Ajax CEO Arias Tassiao says he's relieved that the matter has now been resolved and Ndoro can focus on his game. He's eligible to play from the whole season. According to the DRC, they were, they were not precise with their the exact details of their finding because we did agree at the uh, beginning of the DRC that due to the urgency, they would give us a decision, but the details would follow at a later stage. So at this point in time, we don't know the details of the ruling. Stasio says it has been a very trying time for the Urban Warriors. Yes, it hasn't been easy and uh, obviously... Uh, a little bit concerned, although we always thought that we had uh, followed the rules precisely and uh, uh, we never thought we broke the rules in any way. And uh, we've been vindicated by the decision of the DRC. With the transfer window closing this evening, Kaiser Chiefs have confirmed the exit of midfielder William Twala from the club on a short-term loan to Maritzburg United. Meanwhile, Mamelodi Sundowns edging closer to completing their signing of Bafana Bafana and former Orlando Pirates midfield strongman Andile Jali. Arsenal have signed Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from Borussia Dortmund in a club record 938 million rand. Also news that Mesut Ozil has extended his stay with the Gunners for a further three and a half years. That deal apparently earning him £350,000 a week. I'm in the long business. Uh, staying with English football... Swansea moved out of the Premier League relegation zone for the first time since the start of November thanks to a shock 3-1 win over Arsenal last night. A horrendous goalkeeping error from Peter Cech allowed Jordan Ayew to score a tap-in which put the hosts ahead just after the hour mark. Here's the BBC's Chris Wise. Oh, Cech's mistake and it's a simple goal for Jordan Ayew. Swansea are ahead against Arsenal. Another special night for the home side and their manager Carlos Carvalhoal. Liverpool and Arsenal disposed of in just over a week. They came from behind to do it. Monreal gave Arsenal their opener. Klukas equalised 60 seconds later. A Czech catastrophe gave Ayu the chance to put Swansea ahead. Klukas got his second late on. So spirited Swansea out of the relegation zone for the first time in over two months. Swansea 3, Arsenal 1. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has refused to deny that they are considering a deadline day move for Leicester City winger Riyad Mahrez in order to sign the Algerian international Mahrez. Uh, they would uh, likely have to break a record again with Leicester City unlikely to let the 26-year-old leave for less than 1.5 billion rand. The BBC's Simon Stone has more. Riyad Mahrez thought he was leaving Leicester City in the summer. He famously came back from international duty early almost, to try and push through a move to who knows where. And that didn't go through. Today, 
I'm led to believe that he's handed in a transfer request, that Manchester City are keen to sign him, that there's a bid in, and Mares is trying to push through this deal. Leicester, I think, will play hardball, but it's one that the player and the buying club want to go through. City broke their club record transfer yesterday with the 964 million rand signing of centre-back Amaric Laporte from Athletic Bilbao. Guardiola believes he'll be a good addition to the squad. Young player, so 23 or 24 years old, he's left foot, central defender. Played uh, since young age in the, in the Liga, so in the biggest stages. Uh, he's strong in the air, he's fast, good quality with the pass. So, delighted and happy and grateful for the club has done. In live action tonight, domestically, Ajax Cape Town taking on Orlando Pirates at the Cape Town Stadium and Amazulu travel to Supersport United to kick off in both those matches, 7.30. Seven matches look forward to in England. Tonight, the pick of those fixtures sees Chelsea play Bournemouth, Manchester City host West Brom, while Manchester United travel to Wembley to face Tottenham Hotspur. On to cricket, the second of the Momentum One Day Cup semi-finals is underway at Newlands in Cape Town. The Cobras won the toss and sent the Dolphins into bat. The Dolphins were dismissed for 230 in the 50th over. I can tell you right now the Cobras 47 for the loss of three. They have recovered slightly but are making heavy weather of this run chase. So they still need another 184 runs with seven wickets in hand of 36 overs. Earlier today in international cricket news, Bangladesh reached 374 for four at Stumps on day one. That after they won the toss against the first uh, against Sri Lanka in Chittagong. Formula One is about to enter its first proper year in, in the post-Bernie Eccleston era. U.S. giant Liberty Media bought F1's commercial rights a year ago, immediately ousted the sports veteran, and announced it was ushering a new approach of consensual decision making and 21st century sports business management. The BBC's sports chiefs uh, chief. F1 writer Andrew Benson says these days the sports owners and teams are collaborating more. I think it would be wrong to draw any firm conclusions just now. Eccleston had a very divide-and-conquer approach. That's the way he ran things for 30 to 40 years. Uh, he bought people off um, with better deals for them, split the, you know, whenever the teams tried to organise together, he would find ways of breaking them up. Liberty have come in. Uh, they're now, it's, it's still the F1 group, but it's owned by this big uh, US company, Liberty Media. They're, um, they're try- they say they're trying to create a more collaborative approach, approach and that's the way it looks as well they are definitely um working in that way but that's not to say it hasn't been without antagonism because there has been antagonism and um those things were beginning to become more and more clear as the season went on uh, last year and finally, in cycling news, quick-step rider Belgium's Lodens de Plus will postpone his season debut following a horror crash while training in Nelspreet. The 22-year-old de Plus, along with teammates Czech Peter Vakoc and Luxembourg's Bob Jungles, were on an altitude training camp in Pumalanga last week Thursday when de Plus and Vakoc were hit by a truck. Vakoc was worst affected and sustained multiple injuries, including breaking several vertebrae. He underwent emergency surgery and will remain in the mediclinic in Nelspreet for 10 days before travelling back to Europe. Jungles was unharmed in the accident. Coming up next, we'll head to the PSL's offices. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and the hours are counting down to the close of the January transfer window. 
And uh, I believe there is a bit of movement happening at the PSL offices uh, in Johannesburg. We're joined now by the head of media for the PSL, Lux September. Lux, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, man, and thank you very much uh, for, for an opportunity to speak to the listeners of myself. Lux, we were talking about it last night. Uh, as far as transfer window goes, this has been one of uh, one of the busier ones. Uh, you guys at the PSL have been pretty busy. Not just this is an exciting one. I'll tell you that. I mean, I've been here in this industry for quite some time. Uh, seldom have I seen a transfer that has generated so much interest, so much uh, excitement. Uh, not only within uh, the club or the people who are directly involved in the game, but also you know, the general public as well, you know. Whenever I go, I mean, this morning, actually, I was at the gym, and the topic was about who the, the clubs are going to... I was listening quite, you know, passively. And the guys were talking, uh, and these are guys, I think, some of them are relatives, discussing about the movement and the players that uh, some of their clubs are going to sign. Uh, so it's an exciting thing. It shows that our league is in a good place. It shows that there's an appetite for our league. And it shows that um, the content that people are consuming, they love it. Absolutely. Lux, if I could just ask you to move around, unfortunately the line is not the greatest. Uh, often there's, there's quite a big rush uh, at, at the end of the window. Today is the final day. Uh, what's things looking like at the moment? Have we, have we got uh, players and clubs queuing out the door? <laughs> uh, I hope you can hear me now a bit better, Brad. Uh, I'm just trying to accommodate you a little bit. I'm moving a little bit around. Uh, look, I, I've actually just seen about two players. I won't mention their names. <laughs> and I think that when the club, the clubs, when the clubs in person uh, announce these names, it's going to create a little bit of an exciting discussion. Uh, there are a number of club officials that are sitting in the Premier Soccer League offices where I am at the moment. However, what also is very, very interesting is the fact that we've got about 15 to 20 journalists that are here and media houses and, and, and TV stations that are outside camping. This is something that is a new character in South African football. It shows that we are maturing as a country. It shows that we are becoming, we are also adopting a lot of the international standards and we are actually matching them. Uh, it's something that is exciting for us. Lanks, for, for people who aren't in the know, I mean, we, we always talk about these transfer windows and, and we joke about the queues at, at the office, but w- what is the process from a, from a technical point of view? What, what do the clubs and the players have to do to, to, to take advantage and, and, and allow players to move in this window? Well, I mean, look, assuming, uh, assuming that we have agreed, Club uh, A has agreed with Club B uh, on the fee and transfer fee and everything else in personal terms with that particular player, uh, the, 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 the club uh, that is registering has launched a registration with the Premier Soccer League. This registration must have a clear clearance together with the medical and a number of other documents. If he's a player, he's a foreigner, it must have an international, what we call an ITC, international um, uh, 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 clearance. Um, uh, if a player is locally, don't need that, obviously. Uh, I think one thing that you must know, there, what you must say is that the, 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 the fact that this is only my assumption, actually, the fact that you've got this very busy period, it actually shows and demonstrates that our league is very competitive. It's actually very hectic. The title of trying to push and uh, make a last-minute push for um, the after premiership title at the end of the season. And at the bottom there, I mean, it's so unclear. You can never tell which team is going to get relegated. Now, the reinforcement is very crucial, but we don't reinforce if we don't have money. Fortunately, we've got a very commercially healthy league, uh, thanks to the, 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 the leadership of the likes of Lokaiv and Koza, we've been able, um, uh, as a league, to build a very strong league, a commercially viable league, whereby the clubs enjoy and have expanding power. 
Lux, you mentioned that uh, you, you've seen two players. Obviously, no announcement can be made until the, the clubs uh, reveal the movement. But are you, are you as the PSL, expecting uh, any more? Obviously, you're aware of all the speculation of who's talking to who. But uh, are, are you expecting a late rush this evening? The only thing I can guarantee is that I'm going to be here until 12 midnight. I can't guarantee what's going to come here, Brad. <laughs> so I have no idea, but I'm here until 12 midnight. Well, Lux, uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Much appreciated. Good luck. I know it is going to be a late one for you guys, uh, and we'll uh, keep an eye out to see who those uh, big names are that have uh, just arrived at the PSL offices. Thanks for your time tonight. Well, it's going to be a long one, but I'll tell you what, you know, it's going to be a long, a long shift, but it's a privilege to serve people in football. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, apologies uh, just once again for the quality of that line with Lux. Uh, I guess that's live radio. Let's chat some cricket now here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, we're joined by Mfuneko and Gum. Obviously, there's a, a big one-day series in store following that three-match test series between the Proteas and India. The first of those ODIs gets underway at Kingsmead in Durban tomorrow. Mfuneko, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for your time this evening. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Um, good evening to the listeners. Fineko, this promises to be a very, very exciting one-day series. Uh, the Test Series was uh, fascinating, to say the least. It was great to watch. And uh, Are you expecting pretty much the same with uh, the one-days? Wow, it's going to be exciting, uh, Brad, because if you look at the last Test match, the way Indians came back, um, the, uh, the captain, you know, from where they were to where they are now, I would think um, the guys have got that belief that they can beat us in the one-day game. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, India are a, a, a very good side. Uh, they, they, they don't travel as well from a, from a test perspective, but as far as one-dayers go, they, they, they aren't bad on the road and uh, they are going to pose a stiff test. Yes, it's going to be a tough one for, for us because all the players that are playing in that Indian team, they, they, they're so used to playing under pressure. If you look at um, IPL, you know, the field get pegged. So the guys are so used to playing under pressure. So it won't be a new thing for them when South Africa puts them under pressure because they know how to, to, to react under those conditions. And also, they've been in the country for quite a while now and they more or less know what the, 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 the South Africans are, are planning. It's not like playing a test match where we can bounce them. Uh, but now one day game, it's more like, uh, yeah line and length and, and, and everything. So the guys are going to throw their bets because they don't hold back. Looking at uh, a personnel perspective, the Proteas without A.B. de Villiers for the first three matches at least. Uh, he injured his finger in that in that last test. Uh, A.B. showed what he's capable of in, in the test matches, but we all know what he's capable of in the one day. He's definitely going to be missed in, the, in these first three matches. Well, definitely it's going to be missed. But if you look at our team as well, um, I beg our South African team to, to really come on top in this one-day game. Um, you look at what happened when we played against Australia when Australia was here. Um, you had new guys that were coming into the team uh, performing. And you've got David Miller, the danger guy for, for us as well. And you go, you've got the new guy now in, in Kaya Zondo. Um, he's done well for the Dolphins, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do for, for the Proteas. So it's, a, it's exciting times for us, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. 
I was going to ask you about the, the, the two added players in that squad. You've mentioned the one, Kaya Zonda. The other one is uh, Lungingiri, who we spoke about during the test series. But let's touch on, on Kaya for a moment, if we can. He's been around for a while. He's the skipper of the Dolphins. We actually chatted to him last night here on the show. And he's been a great servant of South African cricket. And uh, I, I think a, a great opportunity for him to be roped back into the Proteas. He's, he's been involved before. He hasn't made his, his uh, debut yet. But... Uh, He's got a world of experience. Even though he hasn't played international level, he's 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 a journeyman as far as as domestic cricket goes. Yes, but um, the beauty about Kaya is the fact that he was part of the team, uh, I think, two years back, mm. and then he came back. Um, he learnt a lot in, on that tour, and then he came back. Uh, he worked hard, and he's fit, and he became captain for the Dolphins. And uh, wow, uh, from Taking that responsibility, it looks like he he grew as a person and and he takes uh, responsibilities under pressure. So he's an exciting uh, young man to 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 look out for. Talking of exciting young men, Lungi Ngidi. Uh, been rewarded for his form in, in the test matches. Uh, I mean, he was superb in that second test, particularly. Uh, great to see some some young, fast bowlers coming coming through with the likes of, of him and, and Kahisa Rabada, but uh, it's just, it bodes well for the future of South African cricket. Yes, it's it's, um, it's exciting times for us. Um, it's, it's something that we've been waiting for um, for years, um, even when I was playing uh, with Makaya. Uh, we wanted to do that, uh, Makaya and myself, bowling for South Africa. But now we get to see that with Lungingidi and uh, Kafiso Rabada. And Lungingidi has been excellent. He's got gas. He, he's a lovely character. And I like him. He plays with a smile. You look When you look at him, he, he seems like a guy who's just enjoying it. And he was there for the, for the 2020. The PT got injured, but he's back now. He's going to make sure that he also cements his place in the team. Looking at the series, uh, it's an interesting one. Six games. It's not often that we get a, a one-day series that long. We see the odd three-match series. The, the very seldom do we get a five-match series these days. But six matches, uh, it's important to start a series that's this long uh, really well. You want to get onto the front foot to, to build that momentum. Definitely, like what the South African team did in the test matches. You know, you want to win that first game and then, and then build it from there. So it's going to be very close series this one and but South Africa is gonna have to make sure that um yeah they they, they they don't react on what Indians are doing. So they, they set the pace because this is our uh, home turf and we know the conditions so it's gonna play in our favor. So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting for us and, and, and Indian cricketers are not gonna hold back as well because they're number one in the world. So they're gonna make sure that they play hard cricket as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the number one test side, we're the number one one-day side. There's one point separating us and India, so this is going to be a very tightly contested series. But there was lots of talk during the test series about the state of the pitches, particularly uh, Supersport Park and then the the last one at the Wanderers. Uh, do you think the pitches are going to play a major role in the series? And, and particularly, let's talk Durban. You've spent a bit of time down there in your career. What, what do you think we're going to expect from Kingsmead tomorrow? Um... Yeah, I'm hoping it's not going to be like the one we had at um, <laughs> at uh, Superspot uh, Superspot Park. And when you go to bed, and uh, you get a good wicket, they nice and bouncy. Um, the weather is always good. 
So, yeah, we're just hoping the groundsman is going to prepare flat wicket at least for batters this time. But it was good to see at least the wicket where it favours the the bowlers for once in, in, in our lifetime. So, yeah, but I'm hoping for a, a batting wicket. Spoken like a true fast bowling for Neko. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for your time this evening. Much appreciated. Uh, enjoy the series. I know you're going to, and uh, let's hope from a South African perspective uh, we can uh, clinch this one too. Uh, thanks, Greg. I'm, I'm hoping to as well. SAFM Sports Wrap. Staying with Cricket Warriors, Captain John John Smuts has lauded his charges for their collective effort following their eight-wicket victory over the Multiply Titans in the first Momentum uh, One-Day Cup semi-final at Supersport Park in Centurion last night. The Eastern Cape side easily chased down 230 with 91 balls to spare to set up a final uh, against either the Cape Cobras or the Dolphins, who are in action as we speak. Smuts, who received the Man of the Match award for his 74 of 60 balls, says he hopes that they can replicate their performance on the final this Friday. You know, I thought 11 guys put up their hands today. We were really in it. Often in semi-finals, that's all you need, about six or seven, and I thought 11 guys really put up their hands. We were very composed in the middle where we needed to take wickets and restrict them, and I thought the guy, the bowlers did that superbly, the whole attack. And then also, you know, scores like 230 are often challenging if you don't get off to good starts. So that start, that first 10 overs with the, in, with the bat with us were vital. The way the guys played was superb, and hopefully we can play with that kind of intensity and intent in the final. Titans captain Albie Morkel says he is very disappointed with his side's performance after a handful of batsmen failed to convert good starts and help the team to a competitive total. The 36-year-old believes that they just didn't get out of the starting blocks. Pretty disappointing effort, I think. Um, yeah, in a big game like the semi-final, to play a game like that, it's not our team. It's not how I know the players in the side. I think, like I said earlier in the interview, I thought at the warm-up, you know, where we were good energy, felt right. It just didn't happen in the game. A couple of wickets, obviously, falling back-to-back, and that must have put more pressure. Yeah, look, we all got stars. Everyone got 20 or 10 or 15 or 30s and then got out. I think uh, the weekend wasn't that easy. It was a, bit, a little bit slow, but, um, you know, that's no excuse. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, most guys had starts and to post bigger bigger totals you know you need someone to, to score 100 so which we didn't do today 230 was never going to be enough yeah so like i said pretty disappointing another great way to end the campaign morkel also wished the warriors all the best for the final where they'll be away to either the cobras or the dolphins no, good luck to them. I think uh, we've seen each other in semi-finals and finals the last couple of years. It's actually nice that they, um, not nice, but it's a good thing that they also getting a chance to play in a final again. Totally outplayed us tonight and good luck to them in the finals. Warriors opening batsman Nasiba Nguepe, who scored 69, was involved in an opening stand of 115 with Kian Kluter, who scored 56. He says they felt that 230 was a total well within their reach, but it was important to play with intent and take the game to the hosts. The 24-year-old Nguepe says he's enjoying his new role at the top of the Warriors' batting order. We obviously knew that we were in for a shout there. 2.30 was under par there on that wicket. We had to make sure we get a good start. By that, we needed to be positive up front and not just let them bowl, which was what we did. We took the game to them and it really paid off. Then yourself, personally, having moved from the middle order to opening the batting, it seems that you have gotten into your own valuable contributions. It's an opportunity that I was given and I took it with both hands and I was just trying to embrace it and just uh, take on the challenge. Something I really actually wanted to do even before because I mean I was batting at seven and which wasn't really growing my games. I thought this opportunity if it comes I'll just take it and make it my own. After missing out on winning a trophy in their last couple of finals in the last two seasons, Nguepe says hopefully they can cross the finish line on Friday this time around. 
now all of a sudden looking at the final it's been a couple of years back to back semis and finals and falling at the last hurdle must be more motivation to actually go the whole way oh yeah absolutely the guys are more hungry now we're more hungry we we feel like we've done all the right things so far so we just need one more push to have that good game and just get over the line irrespective whether Durban or Cape Town yeah it doesn't really matter really because I mean um, the finals are final and we just need to pitch up on the day and make sure that we own that occasion and we actually get a W there SAFM Sports Wrap on to some netball now here on SAFM Sports Wrap the South African netball national team coach Norma Plummer says the recent quad series will help her team prepare for the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast of Australia in April. The Proteas gave a good account of themselves in the series that included three, or that did include the top three nations in the world, namely Australia, New Zealand and England. The Proteas finished bottom of the log for the third year running, but they've improved in leaps and bounds every single match. Oh, it's, uh, it's all built up for Com Games. and um, But again, you know, we'll finish this. And then I don't see him for about eight weeks, six weeks or so. And we meet at the first day. The Commonwealth Games opens the village, the 25th of March. We'll go in. And then I'll get them some match play against some National League teams. And with that, we don't play till the 5th of January. So it gives me a pretty good lead in to bring it up again. The team had a limited time to prepare for the recent quad series, but still performed above expectations. They're likely to have similar situation building up to the Commonwealth Games. The Proteas will go on camp prior to the quadrennial games in the Australian, and the Australian-born coach Plummer says the preparations will not be ideal, but the camp will be adequate to prepare for the games. Well, that's about all I've got at the moment. So, well, it's up to Nepal, South Africa, on how much they can afford to bring us in and out, and, we, and how much they can afford to have the players, um, you know, having camps and things like that. It's all, it's all money, you know. But when we get into the camp with Com Games, well, it's, we then become Commonwealth Games uh, priority, and uh, everything's, you know, under the Commonwealth Games banner. So. We're doing, um, I think, amazing things with the limited amount of time we do get with them. So I, I am pushing them for more time. But also, though, you know, you've got to think we've got other responsibilities back home so we can't just drop it and come also, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I think the, from the 25th to the 5th, that sort of 10 days or so, I think we'll, we'll be pretty right. I think that'll set us all up. The Proteas will be attempting to break into the top four of the world rankings after the Commonwealth Games. Jamaica currently ranked fourth with South Africa in the fifth spot. They have proven that they have what it takes when they lost narrowly to England, Australia and New Zealand recently. Plummer believes it is possible to break into that top four spot. Well, I think we've got England. They really just have to keep challenging, you know, out there to be able to See, we could win a few brownie points, as I said, by playing teams under us, and we might get a couple of extra points, but it doesn't make make us go into the fall. By doing what we're doing, um, the ranking system is still closing because of we're putting ourselves, and the margin is so small, that's helped us go higher and higher getting closer to Jamaica on that. so But we haven't played Jamaica in the two years I've been, haven't seen Jamaica, so we've got to play them in some games. But they'll be a major target for us, a major target. So we can get in and get playoff in, that, in those final series. SAFM Sports Wrap.
She's done an incredible job with the smart proteas, has Norma Plummer. And that's about it for the show tonight. Uh, quick cricket update for you. Not looking good for the Cobras, I might add. 62 for 5. They're chasing 231 for victory against the Dolphins in their Momentum One Day Cup semi-final at Newlands in Cape Town. They need another 169 runs. They've only got five wickets in hand and that in 31 overs. So not looking too good for the lads from the Western Cape. We'll be back again tomorrow with SAFM Sports Wrap. Dwayne DeLocker with you. I'll be back on PM Live tomorrow afternoon. Thank you very much to my team in Johannesburg tonight, Luyolo and Phineas. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is the talk shop from myself, Brad Brown. Have yourself a brilliant Wednesday evening, and we'll chat tomorrow. Cheers.